Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Masahiro Sakurai was the first to notice our camera work. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Connor McCabe. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Mr. Sakurai starting a YouTube channel, and Nintendo's plans for PAX West. And then on Thursday, Mark and I are going to be beginning our ranking of the contiguous 48 tracks in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But in the meantime, Connor, how's it going? Patrick, it's going so well. I gotta say, this is my third time on the show. Mm -hmm. That means that... It's third time's the charm right. that I'm going to be good, finally. Finally! Yeah, uh, I know. Well, no, you're part of the three-timers club. Oh, well, then that makes me feel better about it. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's somehow materially different if you're part of a club... Yes. ...versus it just being a thing that happened to you. Yeah, now I have to be welcomed back, as opposed to before, as there was a slim chance that the right. door would just shut forever. Right. Well, in the first time, for sure... Yes. Um, that was a risk. It was a real <laughs> risk. No, I feel like I knew you by the by the first time you were well on the enough, show, right? Well enough, definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a risk at all, Connor. Thank you for stepping up and filling in in Mark's absence. Um, actually, we are. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is uh, breaking news. <gasps> Uh, we are not going to do a news episode next week. Wow. Um, with the, with, there will be, uh, there's a two-part Mario Kart ranking cu coming up this Thursday and next Thursday. But we are taking, uh, is it Labor Day, the one that's in? Yep. Labor mm -hmm. and Memorial Day, I always get them mixed up. I finally figured it out this year. Okay. I don't. How do you do it? I can't even tell you what it was. I just, whatever for whatever reason, I, I think, I don't want to be working in September, which is not. Do you want to be working in June? Never. But for some reason, September is like the year is growing long. Mm. I really want to be just relaxing. So that's why it's Labor Day. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to be helpful to no one but myself. Right. Maybe I will remember it as reverse alphabetically. That works. Because M comes after L. Yeah. This is, this is actually making it worse. And it, there's another reverse you might be able to remember it by. And then you would think that you might work first and remember later. But here in this situation, you we're remember remembering first. first. This is a real uh, George Costanza justifying <laughs> manure. <laughs> yes. You've got a newer, which is good. Uh, and a ma in front of it. Uh, Connor, if people are interested in borrowing my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, yes, they can do it. All they got to do is participate in the Sonic Forces borrowing program by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. And you have to give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want, you send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. And that's fine. It's part of it. It's, it's what part of it. Might I even be so presumptuous to say it's oh. what, part of what makes it the perfect barring program. It is not for you or I, mere mortals, <laughs> human men, to determine what makes the program perfect. We, it is just up to us to acknowledge that it is perfect. This is true. I, and I, please forgive me for I've sinned. I mean, how dare you? <laughs> 
Um, the other thing that you can do uh, is you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we love it when you do that, of course. Um, but we can really only see those reviews if you are leaving them in the Apple Podcast Store in the U.S. If you are reviewing us anywhere else, if you are shouting us out anywhere else, if you are giving a star rating or hearting something or faving it or whatever other uh, you know verbs exist in the internet age, um, we can't see that. So you should email us or hit us up on Twitter. Let us know so we can shout you out on this show. Uh, we appreciate it so much when you do. And then the last thing that you can do, and then we'll be done with business, Connor. We can start talking about games. It'll be but fun. But I like business. Our business is fun, too. Uh, you should be in our Discord channel. Um, that's where people are having fun, cool conversations about Nintendo stuff. The Discord right now, wild with Splatoon. Um, they're, they're nuts about it. Connor, have you seen them freaking out about Splatoon? Uh, I have so much so to where I, I said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be getting this game. I commented this in the Discord, see a real-life person can do it. That's and right. everyone was like, you're a fool. Go get a copy. I did, I did bully you, I believe. Yes, <laughs> at that which, moment. let's be real, I needed the occasional bullying, so thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, so do you think you will be, are you now a Splatoonsman? I, let's just say by the time it rolls out, I think I'll be a Splatoonsman. Uh, so you should get in the Discord. It requires an invite. Mm -hmm. uh, so email us, hit us up on Twitter, uh, and we'll be happy to send you an invitation. Uh, no weirdos in there, okay? Yeah, so if you're weird, if don't you're a weirdo, ask. No, if you're a weirdo, like, ask, we'll let you yeah. in. And it'll, you'll be the first one. It'll be fine. Um, all right, Connor, let's get into what we've been playing this week. And maybe we stay on Splatoon here for a second because um, the Splatoon 3 Splatfest, whatever it's called, the, uh, the uh, global, 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 premiere? global Premiere Splatfest, I think that's right, yeah. um, was this weekend. So, you know, the game has not come out yet, um, but everyone could play in this rock, paper, scissors Splatfest. Um, and I participated in it. Uh, Splatoon is always a bit of a mixed bag for me because okay. I'm not great at it. Mm. Um, I think because it shares so much kind of DNA with like first person shooters mm -hmm. uh, and that's just not my style of, of gameplay. Um, but I really had a, a fun time just like running around and, you know, repping team paper. I love that. Well, and you answered the one question I had, which was... Oh, I'm uh, so sorry, Connor. Was, Go ahead and no, ask it anyway. <laughs> uh, Patrick, what team did you participate paper. on? Oh, I was on team paper. Well, I'll go ahead and say that's the good team. Um, It was an okay team. I, I do think it's a... I Always in like... Uh, in Splatfests of Splatoon's past... Yeah. There... It's, it's, it's just two things, right? It is two objects. One versus another. Ketchup versus mayo. And the divide between like how many people picked uh, each of the two things was usually like you know there was like fi 51 49 or you know like yes it was very evenly matched um and i feel like adding the third thing is an element of chaos where like there's no there's no consensus there's no backlash to the consensus it's all just like people genuinely picking the one they want to rep um so like I believe Team Paper was like way underrepresented. Oh, there was like twenty wow. percent of players uh, in the Americas chose chose Team Paper, um, but like enough people were playing that it kind of didn't matter. Okay, you yeah. Know what I mean, um, but yeah, it was it was a very fun time. I did not get to so you know that the Splatfest now uh, are like two phases, right? 
the first phase where it's all three teams in full and the... S- no, that's the second. Well, yeah, kind of. I'll, so I'll let you tell me. Yeah, I'll tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the first phase, uh, uh, it's it's one-on-one. So oh, okay. uh, a paper team versus a whatever, mm-hmm. uh, whatever other team. Um, and that's 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 full teams, right? So gotcha. four, and four versus four. Um, and it just randomly matches you against either a, a rock team or a scissor team. And then halfway through, it becomes the, like, the tricolor thing where the team that's in the lead gets all four of them and they go in the middle of the map mm-hmm. and then two players from the second and third place teams come in from the other side representing just their team by themselves um and that's the part that i did and the most unique part the part that would be novel and interesting to have played uh and then therefore talk about on this show that i did not get to participate in was being the was doing that part yeah because the, 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 they didn't the include part. it in the no, so it is part of the. It is part of it. Is just because all of it is so contingent on the time that you're playing. Oh, right? Okay. Um, and it was all happening on Saturday. And Saturday evening, Connor, I was at your place. You were playing video games. We were playing video games. We were playing fighting games. Let's actually use that to transition into um the like little bit of fighting games that we played uh, yes. at your house this weekend. We played Super Smash Brothers Melee. We did. We played uh, Ultimate. We played. Well, this isn't. Are we allowed to name non-Nintendo we can, games? We can name non-Nintendo games, but Connor, we better not dwell on it. Okay, I won't dwell on it, but you did teach me how to play Power Stone. I did teach you how to play Power Stone, and look, I, I put Power Stone in a lot of people's hands on yes. Saturday night, and every single one was like, "Why don't they make more of these?" It was so much fun. You it were so really, uh, you're really evangelizing that evening. I, I really, yes. I mean. You know I have my little like pet projects. Yes, of course. The- <laughs> little games that I won't <laughs> shut up about. Power Stone, definitely one of them. That's a good choice, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what else did we play? Um, uh, there was uh, Mortal Kombat 11, I want to say. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of guilt- Guilty Gear Strive was quite the... But it was perhaps the game of the evening. I, I think I believe you. It, it was the yes. game of the evening. I don't. I didn't get hands on sticks on, on that one. Nor did I. Um, but I was blown away by the presentation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a, you know, it, it's got the, looks like a, an anime, um, yes. style, um, but pulls it off so confidently that like, I, it, it's one of those, when I'm watching it, I don't know how it's done. Yeah. Like it's just bewildering. It absolutely is. And we, I was also captured by the presentation as well. Yes. Uh, and we, we played a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighter Z as well. Yes. That was fun. Which is, uh, pulls off the same trick pretty well. Um, but I, I think Guilty Gear does it. Better. I think so. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm familiar with how uh, Dragon Ball animation generally looks. That's a good point. And this Guilty Gear was more surprising, but it, I felt the same way. Um, but that was all delightful. Uh, it made me, it put me in the mindset of like, I should be playing more fighting games. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but you know, if you, if you want to play like serious fighting games, mm-hmm. it's like you got to not, that's not, that's not a, it's not a Nintendo conversation. No, it's not. That's a PlayStation conversation. It is. Um, so we'll move on from that. Uh, I just one one thing I want to mention yeah, that I want please. to hear about your um, Chrono Trigger adventures. Yes, uh, I finished Picross S two this weekend. Wow! Like finished it, all the puzzles, all done, all done and gone. Oh my goodness! We need a round of applause right now. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we're all, it, it, I'm imagining it. Yeah, me too. Wait. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know there are like six of these things, and this yes. I'm, I'm beating now the second one. Um, but my buddy Andrew was uh, has been playing Picross S two as well. And so every now and then I'll see him like sign in, mm. and that always triggers me to be like, oh yeah, Picross, I should play Picross. Similar thing happens for me in Tetris ninety nine, a game I know you're very familiar mm, with, yes, and very, very adept with. at. Yes, 
Do you see like me in July hop in there? Yes, and, yeah. and I'll just no- feel like, oh, I haven't had that adrenaline rush in a while. Let's go ahead and do it. Uh, yeah, it, it always thrills me to see a July pop on playing yes. Tetris. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, all right, I'm going to do it too. Very good. And maybe we'll be in the same pool of 100 uh, Tetris against each duking other. duking it out. That's a real like ships in the night thing. Yeah. That's a real... Uh, you know, Feifel and his sister sleeping underneath the same moon oh, somewhere out goodness. there. Yes. It's the American uh, tale. Tail? Tale. The American yeah. tale. I was going to say the American dream, but that, Connor, that's not right. No, and I was thinking American beauty, which is further wrong. Yes. Yeah. But if American beauty was uh, all mice, all like Russian immigrant mice, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be into that. Okay, there we are. Um, Connor, tell me about playing Chrono Trigger. Well, this journey goes all the way back to uh, May uh, 2022 when I decided it was finally time for me to like finish. All the way back to May. We're all talking about a game that came out in like 1996, yes. right? Well, okay. if, I, if I will take us back further, the, we can go back to, I think, sometime in the summer of 2003 where I discovered emulation for the first time. Yes. And Chrono Trigger was the highlight of that discovery. It's a game that since then I have spent a lot of time with i have started probably upwards of six times but have never finished both on the super nintendo version and the ds copy mm-hmm. this year i decided it was time and i really uh just in just thoroughly enjoyed my time with this game this is it was already one of my favorite games having not gotten past the two-thirds point and it is might be my favorite super nintendo game now Whoa. having finished it Whoa. it was just incredible throughout the pacing is impeccable i mean we've heard the praises of this game and we'll uh, do it again and we will do it again uh so here we go but i, I just it's i finished it last night of course sent you a picture of it mm-hmm. I was bragging to everyone i could put it on my instagram story <laughs> and i just uh it was kind of unreal to finally get there yeah i got a little choked up uh at the ver- at the end once it was done yeah you're like ahab having caught the whale yeah i don't know how moby dick ends I would assume assume he doesn't catch the whale. Yeah, maybe they agree to disagree at the end of it. Yeah, they just like (laughs) shake hands and walk in opposite directions. The whale walks. (laughs) Yes, one giant fin and one tiny hand. (laughs) Um, You said uh, there's a a, a normal roadblock for you two thirds of the way through the game. Yes. Um, Do you can you identify slash describe the roadblock? Yes. Now, so I can identify it now. At the time, it was before when I was originally telling you about it. It was a little fuzzy. It is when you go to the uh, the distant past. I believe it's twelve thousand BC, mm-hmm. where uh, where Janus is at, yes. and so is uh, uh, Queen Zeal. Yep. That when I would get to that area, there was a boss. I don't remember if it was your first time there or your second time there. That I remember in one DS playthrough, I had like locked myself past a save point oh, in yeah. a certain yes. area and. I either couldn't figure out the pattern to the boss, uh, who I needed to bring, or I was underleveled. Right. Which or is, a fun which, combination of the three. Yes, which I would su- grow to suspect, or uh, I would think that it's not an underleveling issue, because that game famously does a great job of just having you where you need to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, so that is, that's a good, that's a good, like, point to identify yes. as, like, one of because I think there are actually a couple like stumbling blocks in a gr- a great game like you say uh, like almost perfectly paced but that almost like the asterisks in that almost can be stumbled upon uh, and stumbled over and make you quit out of the game. Yes, um, I think the first time for me um, the stretch in the uh, distant future 
like the early stretch in the distant future, can be a real drag. It's so bleak, and you had mentioned this to me before I had gotten to that part in this playthrough months ago at this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I did put it down around July 4th once I got to the end game and just picked it back up. Mm-hmm. But uh, not only is it bleak, but that is a, a one part of the game I would actually say is a little bloated and could maybe be cut down by a third. It They really keep you in that dark stretch for a long time for really and like you go into multiple like dungeons that are all basically the same where it's like ruined future like electronic stuff and there are rats and it's like oh my god i'm still doing this and you know what one guy that's also part motorcycle can't make up for that on his own no and look johnny 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 Johnny. (laughs) look johnny's very cool there is There's a character in um, Live Alive that reminded me so much of this motorcycle Johnny guy that I was like, are these the same character, like just split between two different games? I went back and compared them and like, no, I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But, but um, there's, there's a, there's a similar spirit um, Mm. in the, uh, the uh, near future section of of Live Alive. Um, that really like tickles me. I I did play the started the demo to that game. <laughs> fully plan to play it at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe around the holidays once I'm further away from Chrono. Uh, but I started with the distant future uh part of that game with the little robot with boy. With the little robot boy. I, I love liked, that little I robot li- boy. I liked him. He's good. He's, He's good. really good. Um, Connor, what else have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot uh, a lot of Mario Kart lately. Mm-hmm. Both Mario Kart uh, Eight Deluxe which I just truly can't tell you how excited I am to hear the ranking uh, episodes. Uh, but I've been playing that because I, 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 to keep a long story short, have been without a copy of that game since December. Finally got it uh, again. So I've been going through that. I've also uh, been playing a lot of Double Dash. But more importantly, I've been revisiting uh, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe oh. for the Nintendo Switch. Been playing this with my girlfriend. She recently was like, can we play a game together? Because one night, I think, hanging out, I was like, I want to play something. She's like, what if we played together? Which we do. It's not like I don't. <laughs> we play a lot together. Like, no, game time is Connor time. A lot of Super Monkey Ball, a lot of Double Dash. Uh, <laughs> but we... Uh, I, we got this game out because she li- mentioned that she likes this uh, side-scrolling uh, yeah. 2D Mario game. So I first turned on Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's, Diddy's Conquest, and she said, this is not what I want. And so we started playing the game. Uh, a, wo- th- a woman after my own heart, I, mu- I must say. Oh, no, you're not a DKC2 fan. No, I'm, I'm not really a DKC2 fan, and I'm a DKC3 apologist. We have so much more to discuss, uh, but uh, long story short, it's been so much fun to revisit this game. I did play it all the way through when the port came out on the Switch, and it's really fun to play with someone uh, who is new to all the fun of that. Uh, yeah. I really like this game. I feel like from what I hear from others, it's lower on the 2D Mario rankings, but I, I really am a big fan. But it is like it's high on the list of new Super Mario Brothers games, right? Like if, I, if we're looking at the series, um, the 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 DS, the Wii, the 3DS, which is uh, New Super Mario Brothers two, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the Wii U one. The Wii U one is kind of like the champion of those four. I can only speak for the one on the Wii, which you and I have discussed before on a podcast. So, the, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, that's right. I, I missed the, the 2DS, well, the DS and the 3DS version I haven't played, um, but and until this year, never played a new Wii, it, which I also like, but I like you better. Yes. Mm. Um, the, 
Connor, how funny is it that I completely forgot you and I recorded that podcast? Just the two of us. It was about uh, New Super Mario Brothers. You because it happened in the blink of an eye. It was. It, it, did, it must have true. been last some last minute request, and you obliged. And uh, it, I think by this, it was April. It was. I th- I want to say yeah so a while ago. Well, shout it out. Where can people find it? They can find it uh, on our Patreon over at Patreon.com/slash/SuperNPCRadio. This is a Call Me by Your Game co-op episode, so it's the monthly version of my show that I do that lives on our Patreon. Um, and even though we were discussing a four-player game, it was just the two of us yes. discussing <laughs> And I had only played that game solo, which is not how it's <laughs> meant to be played at all. But then you also talked about Portal 2 after only playing it solo too, right, Connor? Yes, I did. Connor. Still have still have not touched the co-op, no, but I know no. that uh, apparently, well, apparently you and Mark are going to be playing that, or have you played a little co-op? We have not played any of okay. it yet, um, but uh, I, I was waiting for him to finish the original Portal first, Yes, um, which he has done now, so when Mark gets back in town, uh, we've got a date to play Portal 2 together. This is so exciting for me that you two are doing this. I love that. <laughs> We can also, here's the thing, the Portal 2 multiplayer experience is so good that I'm happy to play it with anyone as many number of times as possible. I'm going to go ahead and pocket this right now. Yeah, pocket it right now. (laughs) You can redeem that whenever, Connor. Oh, thank you so much. Um, All right, that's what we've been playing. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So not a lot of games coming out in the next week that uh, I'm interested really in, in talking about, with one notable exception, a big one coming out today, Tuesday, August 30th, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection, comes out on Switch and every other platform there is. Cowabunga indeed. Cowabunga indeed. Um, I feel like I'm still riding high from the Shredder's Revenge uh, of, of uh, earlier this summer, really just like... That was June that that came out? I June, think, July, yeah, mid, mid to early June. Um, well, a game that I absolutely loved, mm-hmm. uh, and I know a game that's going to make these classic uh, games look that much worse when we yes, <laughs> yes. go back to playing them. But I'm, I'm uh, unreasonably excited for um, the Cowabunga collection. And will you? are you f- certainly getting this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm a Ninja Turtles guy. That's right. right? Uh, and I'm a Ninja Turtles... Donnie? No, so in... As as a child, yes. Yes. As an adult, Bruh. no. It's Michelangelo. Oh well, he's a party dude. Everybody loves him. He's a party dude, and this is true. But the reason that I love Michelangelo <laughs> is that he is the most emotionally intelligent turtle. Um, he knows what people are going through. He mm-hmm. knows what they need yeah. in a way that the rest of them can't register. Leonardo, he's like duty bound. Donatello, his head is stuck in the computer. <laughs> Raphael, hormones. But Michelangelo. <laughs> He knows what other people are into, and he can, like, tap into that. That's a great reason to, to stand for Mikey. He's a great guy, and I just love him to death. Is there a game on this collection or two that you want to highlight that you are most excited to go back to? Uh, because I also have nostalgia for a handful of them, and I'd love to hear from you. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. So this, this, uh, this collection has a, a rewind function to it, so that, yes— Connor, I know. You Which, know exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> you're thinking of the damn level in the original Super Mario, Super Mario, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Um, so that you can actually get past the mm-hmm. swimming portion of the game, which is notoriously difficult. Yes. Um, and there are, you know, speaking of uh, just like roadblocks in, in video games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 is a 
mostly bad, occasionally brilliant, and occasionally devastatingly hard game. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can sort of cheese your way through the devastatingly difficult, you can get to those high highs of like the absolutely brilliant parts and just stomach the not as great parts of it. So I'm excited to replay the, the original game. With the rewind feature. I gotta say, I did not expect this to be your answer, and I'm so thrilled to hear it, because this is one that I just threw my tiny Connor body at as a kid countless times, because I thought I maybe this time would get past that level, and I never did. I now am aware of, not a hack, but an easier way to cheese your way through, but I would assume Mm. it's still difficult. Um, I mean, it's as a kid, I did throw my little body at it, and <laughs> I, I was able to beat the oh. swimming section without losing any of the turtles. Wow. So I would go into the third level with all four turtles. That's incredible. Um, usually one of them is at pretty low health at that point, yeah. but, but that's okay. Um, and the, the, third, the third level of that game is where it reveals itself to be like a very interesting, almost open world kind of game because you're just like in a big city Ooh. and you have to uh you have to uh, go into little areas to collect missiles that you use in the turtle van to clear out roadblocks and access new areas this am i gonna have to get this game i don't <laughs> this I mean, collection you, you might because i do i mean i love the original arcade that was on mm-hmm. the the nes uh, i have like this w- a weird moment in time that is frozen in my brain of playing the one of the game boy games yeah. that i think is not very good but i l- also am a turtles guy so uh I, this is sounding good do you know what's the retail price for this bad boy it's 40 bucks okay um and i th- i believe there are a dozen games in here okay some of them are basically repeats, yeah. right? Because there's the NES version of the arcade game mm-hmm. and the arcade game. Okay. Uh, and then there's also the Super NES version of uh, Turtles in Time and, and the Hyperstone arcade Heist. Tur- yes. Well, that's and yeah, the Hyperstone Heist oh. Genesis game is a different game. Yes. Um, and then there's also the arcade version of Turtles in Time as that's well. That's exciting. Um, so some of these games have online support, so you can play them online uh, with friends. But it's just the two arcade games. The uh, Hyperstone Heist mm-hmm. and uh, the Super NES version of TMNT Tournament Fighters. Okay. Which is like the good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the all, all three versions of Tournament Fighters, Genesis, NES, and Super NES, are totally different games with totally different rosters, totally different movesets, totally different combat mechanics. Wow. Um, and the Super NES one is the one that like shows up at fighting game tournaments. Uh, if this just would have been out last Tuesday, we would have been playing we it Saturday. We would have been playing it. I know, I know. Well, we'll just have to do it again, Connor. Yes, we will. Um, but so I'm unreasonably excited about this game, uh, about this collection coming out. And yeah, it's a, it's a day one purchase for me. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. All right, uh, let's close out this segment. Which brings us to a regular segment on the show. It is time for 433. In 92, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Connor and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Connor, we are going to be drafting a fast food menu. Wonderful. So any fast, anything that we can justify as fast food, yes, can go on. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, can go on our our menus, mm-hmm. and then at the end we will compete our restaurants against each other. I love it. Um, the restaurants are going to be uh, the only food options. 
Ooh. at an underwater oil rig, like in the abyss. I love this already. Okay, so it's separated from the rest of reality. Um, people can go up and down, but only if they can go through the like decompression mm. thing. Uh, so when they're down there, they want the comforts of home. Connor, would you like to select first or would you like to select second? I selfishly would like to select first. Are we doing a snake draft? Uh, oh, let's do a snake. Let's so a you snake. get back to so, so you would get yeah. back to back picks here. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, so with my first pick, I've got to go with my all-time favorite fast food item, the cheesy gordita crunch you. from Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, Connor. Okay, all right. That's this is this is tough and hard fought, uh, and I, I I'm I'm mad already. Was that your first pick? So or just it, up there. It was it was gonna be uh, it for sure was gonna be up there. I'm not gonna write any of this down. We just gotta have to remember. <laughs> I saw you trying. <laughs> I know it's hard to type with one hand and hold the uh, microphone with the other. Um, yeah, cheesy gordita crunch is such a good mm. and like I don't eat meat, right? So, yes. but doing it with like a potato substitution, perfect. Wow, doing that's it a with good beans move. instead of meat, like oh, perfect, incredible. So now I get two picks here. Yes. Right? First, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a classic. I, it's a, uh, a a meal that I can't eat. Not a meal, but an item that I can't okay. eat because I don't eat meat. Yeah. Um, but the Big Mac, man. Mm, classic. Big Mac is a classic. It's tall. It's not. thing is, it's like a big burger, but it's not really a big burger. Do you know what I mean? I do. Um, that you can finish it and be like, oh, yeah, I could also have some fries, too. Yeah. They do definitely. It feels crazy. like some optical illusions are going on there with the size. Yes. I, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Okay. Now I have to pick another. Item. Another item. The Frosty. Oh. The Wendy's Frosty. And I think you should any flavor that comes with it. Like, you get the machine. Yes, yes that's yeah. right. I get the whole Frosty <laughs> machine, and it works. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, the Frosty machines don't break down the same way that, like, a McDonald's ice cream machine does, Not right? Not that I've experienced, no. I've definitely been gotten a no for McDonald's a lot more than oh, Wendy's. you always get a no yeah. for McDonald's. That's yeah. the standard. But Wendy's, do you think they just have, like, a backup machine in there? They just have one more machine? I think what they have is integrity. I think you're right, <laughs> Connor. <laughs> Uh, incredible picks by you. Uh, for my uh, second pick, I also I need a burger item there, and I'm gonna. This is I don't really care about my patrons. I care about what I want, and that is the ultimate cheeseburger from Jack in the Box. Whoa! It's somewhat. What's on the ultimate cheeseburger? So it also has well, it has two buns. So it's a bun. Uh, it is mayo and mustard, mm-hmm. two patties, two slices of cheddar cheese, more mayo and mustard. Uh, and it's on a sesame seed bun. Yeah, it's pretty and good. It's you, you said, really you said good. two buns. Does that mean there's a middle bun? I almost said that incorrectly. There's oh. just the, the standard top and Very bottom. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So a big, greasy, nasty burger. I had one uh, before uh, seeing you Friday. I was like, if I'm going to enjoy a beverage uh, this evening, it's a good choice. Uh, so that. And then um, I'm going to go with uh, Panda Express Orange Chicken. <laughs> oh, Dang. I gotta have That's that on the coup. menu. I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I come back from this, Connor. You this know, is th- embarrassing. If there's a will, there's a way. Uh, okay, all right. That's a great pick. Uh, the or- orange chicken is. I mean, honestly, if everything else at Panda Express disappeared, and okay. I was still in a place yeah. where I, they would be, yeah, they would yes. be okay. <laughs> um, absolutely. Okay, so now back to me. It's tough because I missed the like spicy chicken sandwich war because mm. I don't eat them. I don't yeah. eat meat. I'm really kind of overall at a disadvantage here, not eating meat. Yes, you are. Like, but again, it could you could be selfless, unlike me, and this could be for your patrons. That's true. <laughs> uh, 
But the thing is, I don't even know which spicy chicken sandwich to pick then. I think go with the first one you think of. So you have Popeyes. Popeyes. Oh, I'm going with the Popeyes spike, spicy chicken sandwich. Wow. Even though I do love the Wendy's mm-hmm. spicy chicken sandwich, or my memory of it at any rate. Mm. Um, not Chick-fil-A. Oh, geez. Okay, we're interrupted, and that's the end of it. Um, <laughs> we, each, we each got three items. We each got three items. Uh, I think we did good. I, I think, think we did great. I think anyone would be happy to eat at either of our restaurants. They'd except be lucky. For, except for maybe vegetarians. Yeah, they'd be. They uh, can eat uh, at yours, though. They oh, can yeah. eat that cheesy gordita crunch. There we go. Just about the, um, what did I say? The, the ground beef. <laughs> yeah, potatoes. Um, all right, Connor, we were accompanied today by Malverker, which is uh, Ariane Yesolt, Henrik Karras, uh, Christian Kesten, Steffi, and, and, and Steffi Weissman. <laughs> okay. Of course. Let's get into the news. In anticipation of the remake of Resident Evil 4, Japanese Resident Evil YouTube page has been sharing discussions between series director Shinji Mikami and producer Jun Takuchi. Uh, Tekauchi? There we go. Um, While the remake is not expected to release on Switch, a familiar name did pop up in their discussion of the original Resident Evil 4's camera, Super Smash Bros. director Masahiro Sakurai. Um, So it's a weird name drop, uh, and I just thought I would would read it because it's funny that (laughs) two legendary game directors feel the need to, or at least one legendary director and uh, producer, uh, to drop the name of Masahiro Sakurai. Uh, Mikami goes, quote, the first person who raised who praised the camera system in Resident Evil 4 was actually Masahiro, Masahiro Sakurai, the guy who makes Smash Brothers. Uh, Just can, in case you don't yeah, know. You know, the, the guy who makes Smash Brothers. I love that. I love it when, <laughs> like, professionals in the industry, you know, are just like, oh, yeah, you know, the guy who does this. It's very funny. Um, he came, uh, back to the quote, he came to check out the game in development and asked, what, uh, who came up with this camera system? Hey, that was me. That's uh, uh, Mikami responding. Um, and then Sakurai says, this is great. Uh, whoa, really? I responded. So a great story <laughs> from from Shinji Mikami where Masahiro Sakurai was like, this camera's rad. I'm going to start feeling less embarrassed about including uh, flattering details of anecdotes people share about me because uh, Mikami is quite easy to do it here and it, it's it's showing well. Yeah, I, I think it shows well. It's the reason that we're talking about this at all. You ever think about the camera in Resident Evil 4? Are you a Resident Evil 4-sman? The only Resident Evil I have even touched is Resident Evil 7 uh, oh. Biohazard. Uh, but I'm familiar with 4 and uh, would love to play it someday. Uh, 4 is great. Uh, I wonder if the remake, when it comes out, will hold the same sort of like mm. camera angle. So it's it's... A little bit of a, a classic third-person, over-the-shoulder yeah. um, camera, but it is tighter, right? Um, one of the things that was happening as Resident Evil was transitioning into like newer generations of hardware is that they were leaving behind the fixed camera of the like early PlayStation mm-hmm. uh, and... I guess just yeah, all all those PlayStation games, um, where it was like pre-rendered backgrounds um, and just a still camera, and the camera would uh, like jump to another location as you like progress through the space. Um, and it was a little bit different in Code Veronica, where they it was no longer pre-rendered backgrounds, and occasionally the camera would like pan a little bit, mm. but it's still like very focused on. Um, not being right behind the character uh, and really just being a more cinematic presentation, right? Yeah, and that's how, I mean, I've gotten to see a lot of clips of this game over the years, and uh, do you know how 
close or similar it is to how the remakes function now, like two yeah, and three. Yeah, pretty, pretty similar. similar. I mean, okay. the, the, the camera's a little bit freer in, in the newer games mm. um, where it just you have, like, kind of ultimate control over it, right? Gotcha. Like, you just, I mean, oh, that makes sense, of course. Right, yeah, just that we, we've gotten to a place where third-person camera controls are pretty standard. Like, yeah. you get your fingers on the sticks and you can, like, just feel it, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in, in Resident Evil 4, because the GameCube kind of had twin sticks but not yeah. really um <laughs> that it was just like always over your shoulder mm-hmm. um and it was tight right so that you still had that sort of like claustrophobic feeling even though the game itself is a little bit more open by resident evil yeah. standards um so like it is a uh both an extremely functional camera and one that is like thematically consistent with what the game is trying to accomplish yeah. um so like it is brilliant it's just very funny that uh, Mikami has to like brag about it by dropping uh, Sakurai's name. I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad he did. <laughs> um, he goes on to talk about when they were uh, they were approached by the Gears of War developers oh. uh, while they were working on Lost Planet, a, a, a 360 game, um, and they were asked why they weren't using the same camera as Resident Evil 4. Um, and to which Mikami replies, uh, we were like, well, it's a completely different game, unquote. <laughs> to which the Gears of War developers were like, well, then we'll use it. We will use it and it'll be to mi- mixed results, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's such a, especially as far as Resident Evil is concerned, it's such a unique camera, um, that, uh, by the time they get to like five and six and the games are a little bit more action focused, um, that like the camera is like out a little bit more mm-hmm. and you have to have more control over it um, to like engage in the action. Four was still like wanted you to be freer, but still also wanted you to be freaked out yeah. in the same way that you were in the original game. So it's, it's, it's a cool compromise. I'm glad they get to talk about it. Good for them. Um, speaking of Mr. Sakurai, last week he finally completed his task of posting one Smash Brothers screenshot every day uh, which is a project that he'd kept up on Twitter for years, just absolute years and years, um, well before Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out. Um, in its place, Sakurai launched a YouTube channel devoted to the craft of game design and his experience over the years. Connor, have you gotten a, uh, a chance to check out his uh, his YouTube channel at all? I, I have. I don't know if there's more than the first uh, Kirby's Dreamland yep. video that he released originally, but I did tune in for uh, part of watching part of that before work one day. Yeah, it seems like it could be interesting. Yes. Um, he's aiming for short go- or short uh, short videos, um, not running ads. So like, you know, he's not he's not like a video essayist. Yes. You know, who's gonna do these <laughs> long? He's not gonna tell you the uh, five and a half hours of what's wrong with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He's <laughs> he's gonna tell you in uh, short little bursts about uh, games that he's worked on, um, which is very cool. Nintendo is not involved in this. Um, but he evidently has gotten permission to share stuff about Smash development, um, which is cool. That's very exciting. Because um, Smash is a museum, basically. Yes. And, you know, seeing how a museum is... Would that be fun to see how a museum is put together? N- no. But maybe... But the, wor- but the museum showing me what it wants to present, now that I'm interested in. Right, which is yeah. just going to a museum. Yes. Yeah. I, so I'll I, take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 the first video that's up there is great. Um, he uh, used it to share some early design documents for his initial pitch on Kirby's Dreamland. Uh, and it's just like adorable drawings of Kirby doing the kinds of things that you would expect Kirby to do. Um, totally recommend checking it out. Um, he uses the term mouthful in his pitch doc. Amazing. 
which you know comes back Here later. Yeah, in Kirby's uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, mouthful mode. Gosh, not being used in the same way here as here, of course. But uh, a really cool um, piece of history. And the uh, uh, I, I grabbed the screen grab that has all, all these uh, things on it. Um, and the copy at the bottom of the screen says, "I was 19 when I wrote this initial proposal." Goodness gracious! 19. When I was 19, I was like, "Well, I guess I should take some classes in my major." Uh oh boy, not me. Nineteen. I was <laughs> I was working at Hollywood Video. Oh, now <laughs> we're talking. I would go to college, real college, the next year. There we go. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's 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 weird to uh, encounter someone with that much focus uh, er, early in early in their life, or at any point. <laughs> yes. Sonic Frontiers has a release date. The wow. date, which was revealed at Gamescom, is November eighth. Um, there's also a new story trailer, which I'm not going to make <laughs> us deal with. I'm not subjecting us to that. Um, but from Sega's PR, quote, Worlds will collide in Sonic the Hedgehog's newest adventure. An experience like never before. Accelerate to new heights and experience the thrill of high-velocity open zone freedom. Powerful enemies, or battle powerful enemies as you speed through Starfall Islands. Landscapes brimming with dense forests, overflowing waterfalls, sizzling deserts, and more. This holiday, 2022, journey into new realms. Now, all I'm unquote. <laughs> I, I am so interested to see how this game does. I don't yes. personally have any plans to get it. I haven't actually even been engaging with much of the promotional material they have been throwing out there. But you know what? I want to live in a world where everything here is exactly as is. I want this to be fantastic. Yes. I want to be able to believe this. I don't know <laughs> that I do. It's, um, you know, there is a, look, Game of Thrones is back. We all just have to accept it, <laughs> that we live in a world where uh, House of the Dragon has brought Game of Thrones back. But there's a thing in Game of Thrones that uh, whenever a Targaryen is born, the gods flip a coin, uh, oh. and the coin decides whether uh, the, that Targaryen will be uh, a, a, a crazy monster or a benevolent ruler. Yeah. Um, and I feel like every time a Sonic game is released, <laughs> the gods flip a coin. It's been a lot of tales for it's Sonic. It's been a lot of tales for <laughs> Sonic. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I do not know what to expect of this game. I do. One of the things from the, the copy here from um, Sega's PR, which just, it just rubbed me the, the wrong way. Sizzling deserts. Does that track to you as like rhetoric that works? Because like sizzling implies some degree of moisture. Like, are we gonna? Yeah, it, you know that wasn't gonna be my issue with it. I was gonna be like, <laughs> are things cooking here? I don't know, but which implies moisture. Which implies moisture. Like when you when you order the fajitas, mm. you're you're at uh, TGI Fridays, yes, and you order the fajitas, and they come on the, uh, a hot plate, mm-hmm. and that plate is like kicking up a. It's sizzling, yeah. right? That's because ha- there's some, you know, wet onions and, uh, like, red peppers on there. That's what's happening. They're wet. You know what? I didn't have an issue with the copy until now, and I'm going to call someone at Sega. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. You're welcome. Uh, Nintendo had previously announced that they would be attending PAX West in uh, th- this year, 2022, um, which will be held next weekend in Seattle. Um, but we now have a clearer idea of what that's going to look like. No surprise. Uh, it's all about Splatoon 3. Um, so the the I, I pulled a little bits of uh, language from their their PR as well. Mm. Um, so the rocks of the new Scorch Gorge, Scorch Gorge <laughs> stage will be appearing as backdrops within the booth, uh, which is being tr- transformed into scenes inspired by the sun scorched Splatlands. Now that sounds like a desert. That that does doesn't it? <laughs> sun scorched Splatlands. 
There's no sizzle happening there. No. Um, too dry. Uh, but so the, the 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 reason I really wanted to call this out is that it that sounds like an E3 move, right? Like it does. The n- n- Nintendo like transforming the space to almost make it a theme park like experience of these giant rocks. It kind of sounds like Galaxy's Edge. It it does. Black it, this, Spire Outpost. This also has me thinking: Did they start to craft or have plans to make some of this stuff for E3 and be like, actually, we're not going? Oh, that. And could then, be. but hey, those few rocks we made, let's bring them to PAX. Yeah, we can just bring them. You know, like a thousand miles north. <laughs> that should be easy <laughs> from L- LA from LA to Seattle. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a Maybe. great Connor. I love this theory. Possible. It's at the very least, it's possible. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, People can also um, stop by to play a demo of multiplayer turf war battles. Um, you do need a warp pipe pass in order to do that, um, but registration for that is already closed. It closed on the 29th. Mm. Um, so uh, if you are hearing this news now and thinking that you'll sign up for it, it's too late. I'm sorry. Now, if you go to the website and try, you can't blame us. We have told you. That's right. There's a disclaimer. We cannot be held responsible <laughs> here. Um, the Nintendo Splatoon 3 booth will also include real-life photo opportunities, and I'm not sure what that means. I don't understand. <laughs> Is it like a uh, like a wooden cutout of like a, an inkling, and there's like a cutout, a hole in the face? Maybe you that's... You put your face in there? Maybe the distinction they are making is that we have, yeah, physical objects there. This won't be like a digital uh, picture that you're taking where it's like, oh, there's the standard, right. as if these were digital, I guess. Well, or even uh, in-game pictures, too, because there is a, a mm. photo mode within Splatoon 3. Um, so maybe that's the distinction that they're drawing. Okay, maybe. Um, but a, a cool thing, check it out if you are headed up to uh, PAX West um, this weekend. Denuvo, best known for anti-tampering and DRM software on PC, has announced, quote, a revolutionary technology to protect games launching on the Nintendo Switch from piracy. Um, It's unclear, Connor, to me exactly how this works or where they are preventing piracy. From reading a lot of their their materials around this, uh, it sounds like they're trying to protect or stop people from pirating games on emulators. Mm. Um, so that if you are playing a Switch game on an emulator, you also have the actual copy of the game. Okay. But I don't know how you can possibly do that. I don't either. I, I Before we, we had discussed this or talked about this topic, I, was, I had heard just some whispers about it, and it was just confusing to me. Yes. Yeah, um, um, I'm just so, I'm just not sure. Uh, it's also a little unclear who Denuvo is working with, uh, though they are reportedly not working with or for Nintendo. Um, but the nature of like NDAs means that they can't actually announce who their publishing partners huh. are. Um, yeah, but like who but Nintendo would be concerned with people emulating Nintendo Switch games on not Switch hardware? I I couldn't tell you. It doesn't make a lot of sense to yeah. me. Uh, Nintendo or Denuvo has also acknowledged that the they they've acknowledged the nature of the Switch being handheld, uh, and uh, therefore recognize that the DRM features can't be like always online to be checking that you have the license, and they have like another way to do it. But again, this is where I just don't understand the technology. Me neither. And this this probably has nothing to do with it. But as someone who uh, not unintentionally had to get a new switch within the last year and a switch that my previous one I no longer had access to. Right. I had to jump through a lot of hoops to get my switch as to function as the primary switch under my account, meaning that I 
for a while had to be on the internet every time I tried to play a digital game that I owned. Which is super annoying. Yes, even if I bought it on that Switch. <sighs> really? Yeah. Even if you buy it on that Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was frustrating. So I imagine this will just create further headaches for probably for people who are not trying to pirate stuff. Yeah, and the people who do want to pirate stuff, uh, they find ways around. Yeah, <laughs> this, I don't know. It's uh, this this uh, feels like it's going to be a little bit of a bummer. Um, but since they're not reportedly working with Nintendo, maybe it won't truly matter that much. Like, are they just protecting like uh, Octopath Traveler or something? Like, what, what what's what's happening? Gotta protect Octopath. Protect Octopath at all costs. Um, maybe wrong to classify this little bit as a news item, but Square Enix has released the third and likely final trailer for Dragon Quest Eleven or Dragon Quest Ten offline. Sorry, that was just my autopilot taking it over. Was. I started to say Dragon Quest. The full title was about to come out. It of your was mouth. about to come out of my mouth. I held like I held it back like I was gonna vomit. <laughs> yes, and my eyes bugged out. Uh, but I worked through it. Dragon Quest Ten offline. Uh, the game is due out in Japan on September fifteenth, which is just a couple weeks away at this hmm. point. Um, with no announced plan to localize it um anywhere uh connor are are, are you a, a dragon's questman at all i have the most dragon quest i've ever done has been playing earthbound and that is the extent of it but yeah. i will say for the longest time and you even pitched to me trying 11s echoes of elusive age uh, definitive edition for nintendo switch yes i only can do that because i've heard you and mark repeat it so many <laughs> times uh, i'm definitely interested i think i would really like the series but haven't even touched it yeah, so uh, ten is uh, was the game that was originally uh, their MMO, yeah. right? Um, and that was never localized out outside of Japan. And then this uh, ten offline is like it's the story content of the um, of the MMO, but made into a single player game. Mm. Um, and the art is like cuter and chibi and yes. like very appealing. Uh, but they're not gonna localize it either. Wow, I guess the door shuts on that. Yeah, they just keep shutting the door on it. They're like, the West, you don't get no. Dragon Quest X. <laughs> disappointing. It is disappointing. For anyone but me, basically. Uh, well, I, I think there are a lot of people who, who don't uh, track this or care about it at all. Um, but as a recent convert to the Dragon Quest series, I just wish I had access to this game. Yeah. I think it'd be fun, Connor. You deserve access to it. I agree. Yes. Uh, and finally, we have the results of the first ever Splatoon 3 Splatfest, the theme of which, of course, was rock, paper, and scissors. Connor, are you ready to hear the results? For, we're going to discuss the results from the Americas. I'm thrilled. Okay. So the final results are the winner is Team Rock. Wow. Um, which, uh, as a reminder, I was Team Paper. Team Paper came in second place um, with uh, ten, 10 points overall. Team Rock had 25 points. Team Scissors. Uh, no points, no points whatsoever. Um, the way that these like break down is uh, Team Rock had the most votes, so the most people on on the team. Forty two point seven percent of all players picked Team Rock. Forty two point seven percent. And then Team Scissors is in second place with forty point two six percent. And then Team Paper, my team, seventeen point zero two percent. We've already sort of discussed today how throwing a third team in there uh, sort of throws off that potential balance. But mm -hmm. I'm still surprised that such a familiar trio of, I guess, items or or options that it's not more even. Because it's almost like, what is anyone basing any of these decisions yeah. on? Yeah, I guess power and uh, and machismo. 
with rock, like and, actually, and you're right. Rock too, and scissors are both like inherently more I, violent things. I like think I think I would go with paper. Um, I did paper, but I was pretending that it was like a money thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like I was equally being a a, a rotten dude in, in in picking in picking mine. I wonder <laughs> if um, because like rock picking rock and rock paper scissors, I feel like is at least partially a joke, mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, there's a Simpsons joke where rock, or Bart always chooses rock, uh, and that's how Ooh. Lisa beats him by knowing that he always picks mm-hmm. rock. Um, Job on Arrested Development, he always throws rock, <laughs> and Michael knows this. Um, so like, I think there's there's something out there where like the comedy writers have decided that rock is the funniest thing to throw. And we're seeing that play out and right here. We're seeing here. it play out in in, in real Whether life. Whether they know it or not. Yeah, that's what's happening. These people have been brainwashed, wow. Connor. <laughs> Um, and then the uh, clout, which is, you know, the actual like winning in, in mm. matches um, a- on the open level. Um, Team Rock came in in first place with uh, 37.03%. Team Paper with 29.89%. Uh, that's uh, uh, third place, I guess. And Team Scissors uh, with 33.06%. Mm. But when it comes to the clout in pro mode, Team Paper was in first place with 34.91%. Uh, team, and then it's a real nail biter there. Team Rock in second place with 32.76, and Team Scissors with 33.32%. Um, so when it comes down to the pro level play, that's where Team Paper was in the lead. And let me tell you, I did not do the pro level playing because that, and that's why they Paper ended up with 10 points, was because that's that's right, the, the entirety of what they got. Yeah, okay, that's right. gotcha. Was, was, was that pro? Hey, category. you know what. Who knows? With a little practice, Patrick. With a little practice, Sorry. I think Team Paper can come back. Probably not. That's the last time Team Paper yep. <laughs> will be will be assembled. As can you? I have a hard time thinking of like different three part things to like pit against each other. I in, I, in a Splatfest like this. I would love if they did. You know, stayed Nintendo and did Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle. Oh my God! They could do every starter like that. They could do any. So there's sort of not endless, but I don't know. 10, 9, yeah, 10 like, generations yeah, of Pokemon to of do. Them, yeah. They could do that. They could do uh, Wisdom, Power, Courage. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just not thinking hard enough here. No. Father, you... Son, Holy Spirit. They better do that one every time. <laughs> uh, Europe and Japan also had very also had um, rock winning um, in, in every one of these. So uh, rock wins wow. globally. Weird, right? Dang, that is so strange. Um, Splatoon 3 launches on September 9th, uh, and nothing from this Splatfest carries over, uh, unless, of course, they build some sort of future story element out of uh, the Splatfest, which they have done in the past. Um, I always forget which one is which uh, and how the actual Splatfest went, but the final Splatfest of the original Splatoon was Callie versus Marie, the two idols against each other. Yes. and then at the beginning of the Splatoon 2, one of them was missing. Oh, no. Um, and that was affected by h- how that tournament played out. I wonder if they would do the same thing at the, the final Splatfest for Splatoon 3 between the three <gasps> stars now. Oh, and, or then, idols. And, and only two of the idols would remain, and they would be like broken down versions of themselves who have lost their, their third pillar. Look forward to Splatoon 4 on the Nintendo it Switch dark. in 2026. <laughs> uh, all right, Connor, let's get out of the news. Ugh, jeez. <laughs> Connor McCabe, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Is there anything that you would like to plug at this 
moment. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to plug my podcast, the one that I host, Call Me By Your Game. It's a nostalgic, warm, feel-good show where I have someone on to hear about a meaningful video game from their past. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Connor with an E-R underscore McCabe. Uh, But that's about it for me. Thank you for having me. Uh, Call Me By Your Game, a great show that is uh, talking about games in a way that no one else is talking about games on, on podcasts or in games media because it's all about an individual's very specific experience of that game. Thank you. You know what? Thank you for saying that. And it's true. It's really what I really enjoy about it is having someone on and hearing what was meaningful to them. And we don't just have people like Patrick and I who have made games a a fraction of our personality. I have people who maybe just have a relationship with a few games in their lives. And, but that one is really fond to them from some day in their past. So yeah, it's fun. I give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. It, I would almost argue that it's like a biographical podcast. That's really accurate around that is like wrapped around, uh, the, a, a central just video game as, as, as a topic. Yes. But like you're interested in learning, what that person was like when they played that game. Definitely. Why it was important to them. Who was important to them. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a very good show. Connor, well, thank so. you very much. Um, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please remember to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Uh, we appreciate it when you do. That helps us out. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Connor is at... Uh, Connor, Connor underscore McCabe. There we go on on Twitter, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can check out uh, the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host Connor McCabe, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. <laughs>